thank you already for the things that will transpire during this service, and we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, we're going to talk, uh, this will be the 21st part, part 21, of our study on what manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth, and what manner of man or woman we should be as Christians, as his followers. And right now, we've been focusing, focusing in on how Jesus was a man who operated in the love of God. There was no one who's ever walked this earth who operated in the love of God to the degree that Jesus did. Why? You know, the Bible says, and I don't know exactly where it's at, but the Bible says that one step out of love is a step into sin. Jesus never sinned, which means he was always operating in love. That's powerful. That really is. To be able to live your life. I mean, he was a man, a human, I'll say it that way, just like you and me are. That means he could stub his toe. That means he could step on a stick or a, 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 a what do they call those briar things or thorn. Thank you, thank you, James. He could, you know, some of, you know, obviously he was treated horrendously. And yet, not once did he yield to his flesh. Speak out from his flesh like so many of us do when we step on a thorn. When someone steps on our toes. When someone treats us badly. Hello? Y'all are all like really, y'all are thinking really strongly on that one. (laughs) Has anybody ever said something that you shouldn't say? Something that you know was wrong. Has anybody in here ever said something out of your flesh? Done something that you know was wrong? Has anybody in here never sinned? Oh my goodness, forgive my children. Lord, I can attest with both hands raised that they had ain't the truth. (laughs) Hallelujah. But anyway, I believe that as Christians, Jesus is our example Obviously, in all the areas we've already discussed, but especially in this area of walking in love. There's no way we could look at Jesus in the area of love and say, I don't want to be like that. We should all have a desire to look like Jesus and be like Jesus and walk in that love as he demonstrated when he was here. Amen. And we said that in order, the only way that's going to happen is if we first get the revelation of just how much God loves you and how much God loves me. Not just collectively, but on an individual basis. And I don't want to take a whole bunch of time reviewing. Again, please go to our webpage, coocbozeman.org. You can listen to the podcast of previous messages. We try to get them up the next week, make them available for you to listen to or re-listen to them or however you want to do it. Obviously, I'm not promoting this to get money. I'm just letting you know you can go listen to the word again. Amen. But anyway, uh, uh, I want to go back or get back into the fact that we can know how much God loves you and me because of the many gifts he's given to us. Now, the last time we were together, we talked about the fact that he's given us, of course, the greatest gift of all, Jesus. And the fact that we now have the legal right to use his name in prayer And we have the legal right to use his name against the enemy. 
When the enemy comes against us, all we got to do is speak the name of Jesus. And the Bible says in John 14, 13, Jesus said, you use the name and I will be right there to make sure it gets taken care of. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Then we looked at the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. How upon the new birth, when you first asked Jesus Christ into your heart, the Holy Spirit came and took up residence in you. That means the, we now have the helper, the comforter, the counselor, the intercessor, the advocate, the standby, the encourager, the teacher, the guide living in us and enabling us to live successfully and victoriously in and through this life. That's shouting grounds, glory to God. Friends, no matter what the enemy or this life throws at us, I hope you're listening. No matter how great the challenge is, how strong the storm is, how hot the fire is, we've got the Holy Spirit, the greater one, living in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is eternally defeated in this world. There is nothing you will ever face that's greater than the Holy Spirit. And we don't have to wonder where he's at. He's right here. He's living in us. Hello. And I've said this on many occasions. If you go through your life and never recognize that he's there, it's basically he's a spiritual hitchhiker. He's along for the ride. Why not take advantage of having the Holy Spirit inside of you? Why not look to him for counsel and comfort and strength and all those other things that the Bible says that he is to us? He is the teacher. And I know that that's referring mainly to teaching us what the word says. But do you, do you think the Holy Spirit understands math? Do you think the Holy Spirit understands how to spell? How to work computers? So my point in saying all that, why not learn to look, especially when you're in college and you're trying to learn stuff. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, now this is important, the things that you've studied. <laughs> A lot of times people like to not do their part, put in time studying and then expect the Holy Spirit to give them, Lord, I'm asking for the revelation now. I have not looked at this. I have no idea what it is about, but I trust you to give me the revelation it doesn't work that way. <laughs> However, if you do go to class and you are listening to your teacher and you are taking notes and you do study when it comes test time. And I mean, I, 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 am I the only one that's like this? You know the, the subject and you've really prepared and studied. But then all of a sudden when you're looking at the test and you're looking at that question, you're like going, <laughs> I, I know I know this. It's just like, you know, you're... I don't know how to express it. You know, it's like you don't know what to, but we got the Holy Ghost. He will show you what you need to do. He will give you, it will rise up in you. Whoa, glory to God. That'd be awesome. Keely's sitting in the middle of a test and she's been sitting there. Oh my God, I know I know this answer. Oh dear God, I know I know this answer. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings it to her remembrance and she starts shouting, glory, whoa. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Keely right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we've got the gift of the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. And now, this morning, I want to move on to another gift that God's given to us. 
the Word of God. This is a gift from God to you and to me. I said this the other day. When God called Abram, who would become Abraham, out, he didn't have a Bible to look at, did he? But you and me, we got the Bible. We got the Holy Word of God. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3 this morning. How many are expecting to get something good today? Well, I tell you, this is going to be good. Verse 16, 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I want you to notice what the word of God is able to do for us. It is profitable for doctrine. Notice the next, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. My point in bringing that up again is this. People like to say that God uses accidents or uses sickness and disease to teach us something. For some reason, I don't see that there. What I am seeing, that God uses his word to reprove us. He uses his word to correct us. Amen. Have you ever been in a church service when the minister, the pastor stands up and shares something by the Spirit of God and it stomps on your toes, your spiritual toes? You know what I'm talking about. Am I the only one that's ever been in a service where that has happened? Where all of a sudden something is spoken and you're like going, ooh, <laughs> ooh <laughs> hopefully he's not looking at me. <laughs> I know he's speaking to talk. talk. Did some, I've actually had people say this to me. I've actually had people come into this church service, invited by a friend, and I got off on a little rabbit trail, and I got all in that person's business. Didn't know the person from Adam, but the Spirit of God had me go that direction to preach to that person. I didn't know I was preaching to that person, giving them the answer to their situation, but they left from there upset with their friend because they thought their friend had told me what they were dealing with. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Word of God. Given to you and me to reprove us, to correct us, and to, to uh, 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 instruct us in righteousness. Amen. Now the Amplified Bible says this. Every scripture is God-breathed. Given by his inspiration. And profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin. For correction of error and discipline in obedience. And for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Sounds to me like the Word of God, if we will learn to study it and receive it and then act upon it, it will do a mighty work in your life and my life. Is that not... I mean, if I'm reading that correctly, it wants to do something in us. Amen? But I want you to notice how this says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And as the Amplified Bible says here, that every Scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. What's interesting here is that the Greek word translated inspiration or God-breathed, now get this, is the, <laughs> theopneustos. 
Do you get that? T-H-E-O-P-N-E-U-S-T-O-S. You say it. And it comes from two Greek words, Theo, which means God, and Pneuma, which, now get this, which means life or life force, energy, and power. So when these two words are combined together, it literally conveys the picture of God breathing or emitting his own substance, his own life force, his own power into something. In other words, God mightily moved on those who wrote the scriptures with his very essence, with his very life force, and they temporarily became the instrument through whom God expressed his heart and will. Now listen, you need to understand. I need to do something. Gum. Sorry. I had to do that because I'm fixing to get into my balloon. And I didn't think I could blow the balloon up with the gun. Never mind. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The words found in this book, I want you to listen to me, aren't just mere words. This is not just a literary work. This is not war and peace. This is not the Lord of the Rings. This is not any of your... Whatever books you might have read or you like. The words here aren't just mere words. They're full of God's power. They contain, now I want you to hear this, God's life force. The very same life force that was used to create the word of God is still working inside the Word of God today. It's still upholding and empowering the Word of God to be just as strong and just as powerful as it was the day it was penned by those God-breathed writers. Think of it like this. I'm holding a balloon in my hand. And as I blow it up, Okay, I blew it up. As soon as I blew it all the way up, I'm tying it off. But something isn't enabling and empowering this balloon to hold its shape. What is it? It's what I breathe into it, isn't it? My air. It's still there. It's upholding this balloon right now. If you were to get that air out of there, you would find some of me in it. Oh, this is so powerful. Help me, Holy Ghost. I want us to apply this to the word now. When God was ready to speak to mankind, he held human language up to his mouth and breathed into it. 
And after breathing his power and life source into our language to produce life-giving words, God then moved upon the hearts of those he had called to write his holy word. And they began to write under divine inspiration. Now I want you to get this. The very same breath of God that caused the word to be written thousands of years ago is still held inside the Bible today. Did you hear what I just said? Friends, God didn't just inspire the writing of the Bible. God himself, his breath, his life source, his power is still contained inside this Bible today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you, we're fixing to get somewhere with this. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.12, you can look up here. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and to the, and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Glory to God. The Bible is full of God's life and full of God's power. You've heard me say that so many times in this church. But how do we tap in to that life? How do we tap in to that power? There's got to be a way for us to release it. And so it works on our behalf. How does that happen? With our faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the, the word of God. When you are hearing the word, the faith is being built up. And when you speak the word out of your mouth, you in faith, when you speak the word out of your mouth, in faith, it activates that power. It activates that life force. And it begins to work on your behalf. I was pondering what the Lord was showing me this morning as I was laying there in bed. When Peter, when they were out on the seas, this is, I think it's Matthew 14. They're out, and, and Peter and, 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 and the disciples were heading across the sea. Jesus stayed behind to pray. And as they're out on the sea, it began, the waves begin to toss, and it's, you know, a storm arises. And, and they're starting to get all freaked out. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking on the water, not letting it bother him at all. And they look, and they see Jesus, and they freak. They're going, it must be a ghost. And they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're frightened. And Jesus says, peace, be still. It's me. It's Jesus. And, and, and here's Peter. He's in the boat with all the other disciples. And, and Peter looks out there and, that's really Jesus. That's Jesus. If it's really you, bid me to come. And Jesus said this. Come. Come, one word, come. Now, what would have happened if Peter had stayed in the boat 
And Peter had looked at everybody and said, yeah, right, I'm not getting out of this boat. Does he not see the waves and the wind blowing and all that stuff out there? I ain't getting out of this boat. But is that what happened? Peter heard that one word from the Lord, and he stepped out of the boat. And when he stepped out of the boat, all the power in that one word of Jesus was activated. And when he began to walk, see, Peter wasn't walking on the water. Peter was walking on the word. He was walking on that one word. And he was, because he stepped out in faith, he was doing something that was impossible to man. Glory to God. He was walking on the water. On that one word from Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen to me. In this Bible... power you sometimes wonder how can I get this done how can I let's just use healing how can I be healed I've dealt with this sickness I've dealt with this disease for years I don't know how to do this and God is saying to us I've given you my word the Bible says when Jesus when they come Jesus say you know uh, Jesus, I come to you to be healed. Jesus said, be healed. What happened when Jesus said, be healed? It activated the healing power of God. What happens when we say, look at our physical body and say, based upon this, by whose stripes I was healed. What's going to happen when we say, be healed? Be healed. What's happening? What's happening? We're activating by our faith the power and life found right here. Are you getting this? It will change your life forever. No matter what you're going through. You find scriptures that support what you're needing. What you're looking for. I was thinking about this too. What, what word that so many men and women need is freedom. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. They need freedom. When you declare freedom over your life. Based upon this word, power is activated to bring that freedom to your life. There's no devil in hell that can stop it from coming to pass. Oh, I'm getting excited, I know it, but that door, this is such, whoo, it's bouncing off the walls of my heart right now. I'm getting so excited about my faith walk because there's, I mean, I was thinking about this building. God said to me, possess the land, glory to God. And I said, I possess this land by faith. When I said that, faith was activated. And now power is working on our behalf. The life force of God is working on our behalf. It's coming in in Jesus' name. No devil in hell can stop it. Woo! See what I'm saying? How this can change your life? By breathe. On our language. And when men wrote it. This is divinely inspired. God breathed. The balloon. Is God's word. Inside. Is the power. How do we get the. I mean obviously I could take a pen and pop it. To get my air out of it. 
How do we get the word to open up? How do we activate what's inside the word? Faith. And glory to God. That's how my wife and I are saying to ourselves all the time. What has God called you and me to do? It's so easy. What, what, I was saying this Friday night. What does a fish, what does a fish do? What does a fish know to do? Swims. It knows to swim. What does a dog do? A dog knows to bark. What does a cat know to do? Meow. Listen, what do us as believers, what should we know how to do? Believe. That's all it takes. We're called to believe. What does God say in his word? Believe it. That's faith. That's faith. And listen, that's what I'm trying to get across to you. Don't just, don't just sit there and think, well, I'm going to believe God for this. I'm going to, do you, okay, I'm, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Slow it down. Thank you, Jesus. Do you see why now so many people who think they're stepping out in faith really aren't? Because if they were really stepping out in faith, they would be getting what they're believing God for. If the faith that they're stepping out on isn't based upon this word, then they're not going to get an answer to their prayers. See, so many people will step out and say they're in faith because of what God did for somebody else. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. If God did it for somebody else, God will do it for you. If you will get yourself over into faith, like that person over there was in faith. See how I'm saying that? God doesn't just do it for you because he did it for them, but God will do it for you because he did it for them. Hopefully that makes sense because I'm trying to, God has no respect to a persons is what I'm trying to say. However, if you're not in faith, you're not going to get an answer to your prayers. You're not going to get what you want God to do for you. But when you step out based upon his word, all it takes is one word. I, I got evidence of that. Peter walked on the water from one word from Jesus. These are the words of the master right here. Mm, mm, mm. And when I get his word in my heart and I speak that word out of my mouth, power is activated. And I'm not talking about any power that's of this earth. I'm talking about the supernatural, incredible, beyond any kind of power on this earth, power of God. Are you listening? The power that created the earth, created the mountains, the lakes, the streams, everything. That power is right here. And this is a gift from God. This is a love letter from a love God to his children of love. And if we will only begin to listen to our hearts, when we open it up and begin to study it, you will hear in your heart, I love God has given us his word. This is how we can know how much God loves you and God loves me. I tell you what, if you could go home right now and be excited. I trust, listen, these are one of these kinds, this is a message, you need to go back and re-listen to it and re-listen to it. I do that all the time when I'm listening to ministers of the gospel and I get a hold of a message I'll go and I will re-listen to it and re-listen to it and re-listen to it until it gets so settled in my heart, there is nobody that's going to move me off of it. Are you listening? 
And so with this kind of revelation, I'm telling you, your pastor gets excited no matter what. I get excited when I come through just coming to church. I get excited when I get up in the morning. My kids can't stand that. You ever go to, we, stay, we stayed in a hotel where the kids are in the same rooms with us. When I get up in the morning, I'm a happy man. I'm shouting. I'm eating cereal. They're over there trying to sleep. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. It's a new day. Praise the Lord. What did I get up on that for? But God's word is a gift to us. It is God-breathed. God's very essence is still in his word today. Amen. Another gift that God has given to us is the ministerial gifts. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8, Therefore he says when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And he himself gave some to be, this is verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, that's you, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, every time Pastor Joan or, pa- or me, we walk into this room, you ought to see us walking in with a big bow. Because we are a gift from God for you. And you cannot give me back. Ha, ha, ha. Anytime a minister stands up here and is preaching the word of God, it is a gift from God to you and for you. Are you listening? Why does God do this? Why does God have ministers come up and preach a word that you have needed to hear, I mean, maybe all of your life. Why does he do that? Because he loves you. God loves you. God loves me. I'm so grateful for his love. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves me. I said this, the only way we're going to be able to love others the way Jesus loved us is to get the revelation first of how much he loves us. And I want you to go in conclusion to John 13. I believe you'll be able to clearly see what I've just been saying here. This is the new commandment. John 13 verse 34, a new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus speaking. That you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also have love for one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. So we got to know how much he loves us so that we can love others with that love. But I want you to notice something here. Who is he telling us that we're called to love first and foremost? The world or one another? He's talking about us loving one another first. See, what the world wants is love. They may not say that, they may never express that, but it is true. And when they can look into a church filled with people who love each other, who care for each other, who pray for each other, who support one another, who are always there for one another, they're going to want to be a part of that. I want a church full of people who love each other. Amen. 
I mean, that's what the new commandment is all about, isn't it? Now, I know a lot of times people say, I just don't know if I can do that. I just don't know. I just don't know if I can do I can love like that. I don't know if I have that kind of love in me. Well, let me tell you a little secret. If you're born again, you have that kind of love in you. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this. The love of God, everybody say the love of God, has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You've got the love of God in you. I've got the love of God in me. The very moment I got born again, God's love came into me. Glory to God. And then Galatians 5, 22 and 23. How many have heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Well, what's the very first fruit? Love, love, joy, kindness, being love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Every one of you has this fruit inside of you. Which means what? Fruit can grow. You can grow in love. You've heard me say this on more than one occasion. I love my wife more today than when I first married her. How can that be so? It's because I've gotten a greater revelation of how much God loves me. And because I've got that revelation of how much God loves me, I now have a greater capacity to love others. And I, I mean, I love you more than when I first started loving you. Hallelujah. I really love Ron now. It was a struggle. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Just, Kelby wasn't here to mess with, so I had to use Ron. <laughs> I was just jo- joking. Listen, the love of God is in you and me. Jesus demonstrated to us how to walk in love. And we have seen from the Bible so many different points that illustrate how much God loves you and me. This revelation has helped me, has changed my life so much. But I want to conclude, I I know I said in conclusion already, this is my last conclusion of the day, because this is an important one, very important. I want you to pay attention. If we're going to walk in love, then we're going to have to walk in forgiveness. There are so many scriptures, in fact, I'm just going to read them to you. Can you just go through them real quick? Jesus said, Father, forgive them. This is the ultimate. Jesus is our example. Jesus is on the cross. Did Jesus do anything wrong? Did he deserve to be there? But he's there. And he says from the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Now look at what the Bible says about us now. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, don't go to the next one. We're called to forgive. We're called to forgive. If you have ought against your brother or sister, if you have ought against your mother or father, if you have ought against your children, if you have ought against your friends, if you have ought against anyone... You're called to forgive them. And if people say this, it's just not fair. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they treated me. Remind that person of Jesus. Was it fair for him to be nailed to that cross? Was it fair 
for Jesus to be spat upon, have his beard yanked on, had a crown of thorn thrust upon his head? Was it fair for Jesus to go to the cross and die there? I don't want to hear it. Sorry, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not trying to be mean. But we are called to walk in love. And part of walking in love is forgiving one another. And I'm going to throw this in because it's the absolute truth. Forgiving one another means also forgiving yourself. Are you listening? And this is something I, I've, I know I've said. I, you've, if you've been coming to this church, you've heard me say things along these lines. It is an act of faith. Faith, we, are, we, we, we live by faith, not by sight, not by how we feel. So in other words, when you're forgiving somebody, you don't have to have the feelings there. How many know that's a good thing? You want to know when you're really walking in the love of God, when you'd rather slap somebody than love on that person. Have you ever been there? We're called to love people. And I want to tell you, if you don't think this is a serious matter, go to the next scripture now. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Now notice that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. You hold unforgiveness in your heart. It is putting something, a blockage up, so to speak, between you and God. You might think that holding on to that grudge, hold, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I understand some people in this church have been treated so badly. I'm not looking around to try to figure out who it is, but the bottom line is this. You are called to forgive them, no matter what's happened to you. And even though the feelings may not be there, and they probably won't be, you can say, Father, I forgive so-and-so, and I'm going to move on beyond this. Please forgive them for what they did to me. I ask you to forgive me for harboring unforgiveness. And then when it comes to yourself and you're mad at yourself, do it in a mirror. Father, I forgive him. I forgive myself. I don't feel like forgiving myself. If I could, I'd jump out and kick myself on the backside. But I can't do that. So instead, I'm going to forgive myself by faith because you told me to do it in your word. I don't want anything hindering my relationship with God or keeping that flow between me and him. Unforgiveness acts like a blockage in your connection with God. Do you want that? Not now. Not in the day and age we're living in. I want everything pure between me and my God. I want that flow. Nothing blocking it between me and my God. Amen? So if we're going to walk in love, we've got to walk in forgiveness. Amen? Jesus is our example of love. Jesus is the one who is the epitome of love. And I want to be like Jesus. I want people to look at me and say, Pastor, you are a man of love. I've had people come through those doors and say, I sense the Spirit of God in this place, and I sense the love of God in this place. That, to me, as a pastor, is the ultimate compliment. Compliment. I got old English on, yeah. Is that English? I don't even know what that accent is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Listen, we're going to talk one more. Uh, I believe next week probably going to take a, talk about one more thing. Uh, we're Jesus, and we're going to stop, and we're going to start something new. And then we're going to come back and talk something more about this. Thank God, as I said last week, I'm your pastor. I get to keep coming back. Amen. I have a direction. My wife and I have a direction we're going to go in. How many would be up to having a meal real quickly, real shortly? I'm not, not today. I'm talking about in the near future. What we'll probably do is we're going to do something here, we're gonna, and we'll let you know about it. We'll have a meal together, and we're going to share some things, okay? And I believe it's going to help elevate our church. And more than anything else, I want to see you start to connect in a greater way with this church. I want every one of you to begin to pray and ask God, where can I fit in? How can I fit in? What place do you have for me in this church? Amen. You know, the Bible said that as the, as the, uh, the minister is supposed to train you up to do the work of the ministry. Did you hear that? And I'm going to do everything I can to do just that. Because see, when every one of us as a body comes together, we're flowing together, the Bible says we'll see growth in the body. See what I'm saying? We don't, we don't really have greeters out there anymore. I go out there sometimes and stand and people are coming in and I'm endeavoring to greet them. We need greeters. We need people just to stand out there and, with a smile on their face and greet people. We have need of some ushers. We have need of all kinds of different things. You know, we had need of a sound man, and Kelby started to come to this church and just immediately came up and said, I want to help. I want to be part of this. And I said, give, you, give yourself a little bit of time and get hooked up. And that was probably a month. And I said, get back there, brother. Get going. You know, so he got hooked up immediately. He wanted to get involved immediately. Amen. And that's what every, every one of us has a place. And if we will find that place, we're going to see growth in the body. Do you want to reach more for Jesus? I do. Glory to God. Well, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today's service. We thank you for the revelation and understanding of uh, uh, the, the word of God, how it is God-breathed, and that your life essence, your, your, your power...